0: Our next virtue, or uh, that we can imitate Mary, especially during this time, it's a very important virtue. It is charity. Charity. It's the uh, third virtue, uh, the third theological virtues. So last time we talked about confidence, which included faith and hope, and now we talk about charity. The theological virtues are infused in us. with sanctifying grace so the more we have faith hope and love the more we grow in grace so this is an opportunity again to show our love for god charity um, but also love for neighbor as well so as you know charity has two parts two parts it's love of god with all our heart mind and soul and love our neighbor as ourself right so there those are the two components um of charity and it is a theological virtue so when i say theological virtue it means it comes from god it transforms us into god's likeness and lead us back to the lord so um it's infused in us at the time of our baptism and um and then we grow in we grow in these theological virtues Uh, at least we try to to cultivate them so charity um So the Catechism tells us that charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Um, So first I'm going to talk about um, the the first part, which is loving God for his own sake. Um, You know, charity is the greatest commandment um, um, and, and and the greatest virtue. We hear in the Bible when the Pharisees asked Jesus' teacher Which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. So Jesus emphasizes that this is the commandment, or charity, right? Loving God. With all our mind, heart, soul, and loving neighbor, our, ourselves, all the other commandments really boil down. You can summarize them in, in, into these two commandments. Um, so, and then, um, Saint Paul tells us of th- these three. These the- three lo- out of these three theological virtues—faith, hope, and love—love love is the greatest. Love is the greatest out of these three. And then he also tells us that without love, everything else is meaningless. Without love, everything is meaningless. Um, He says, If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So St. Paul tells us that love is really essential. It gives value to the other virtues, right? We can have humility and faith and all that, but if we don't have love, then in a way, they, they are meaningless. So we need this love. Love informs our lives, all the other virtues, everything. It, it orders everything. It gives it values. It gives it its, its, its meaning and its um, power. Um, so, so love of God. So first of all, in order to love God, we really have to know that he loved us first. Right? It's hard to love God if we don't know Him, if we don't know His love for us. So that's something that we need to remember is God's love for us. Right, Every time we look at the crucifix, we see God's love for us. Right? And now the resurrection, the Easter, Right, it's all about God's love for us. St. John tells us that you know, God loved us first. We love because He first loved us. So our love is reciprocal. He has demonstrated, He has revealed, He has proven His love for us by the shedding of the blood of His only begotten Son. So our love for Him is right, it's just, it's reciprocal to love somebody who who, who has loved us to the end. Um, Saint And, you know, in our society, we're also confused about the meaning of love we we use the word we 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 throw it around all the time and people use it in different contexts but what is the meaning of love it's really important for us to know saint thomas aquinas tells us that love is to will the good of the other to love is to will the good of the other to desire the good of the other to choose the good of the other that's what love really means sometimes are the young people will ask me you know father if two people love one another why can't they marry well that question means that you don't really understand what love means it's not just it's not just a feeling it's not just a desire to be with another no it's about willing the good of the other so if i love you I'm willing to sacrifice for your greatest good. If this relationship isn't good for us, if it's not good for you, then I will not enter into this relationship. Right? I want your greatest good. That's what love is. You know, sometimes our our, our other people want us to do something for them. You know, I mean, I'm I'm going I'm giving an extreme example of people if they want dr- drugs, if they want alcohol, if they want um, to gamble if they if they want to do things that are not conducive to their greatest good, sometimes we have to say no that 's what love is. love requires choosing willing the good of the other. so if we see that people are harming themselves we 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 have to speak up if we if we really love them so let us you know uh, understand that love is to will the good of the other um and Jesus said that, um, you know, in, in the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. This purity means to love God purely, to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, right? This is difficult for us because we are, we are fallen. We tend to love ourselves too much. We love the things of God more than he, more than he, you know, we have disordered affection. We, um, we have inordinate self-love right? And so we need to rightly order our love, to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and everything else because of our love for Him. So imagine if we had an x-ray machine, a a spiritual x-ray machine that can take an x-ray of each of our hearts and show us how much we love God, you know, where and, and how much we love other things. And, um, and you know one time I, was, I I was preaching about this and then a lady came up to me after mass and she said that during while I was preaching the lord revealed to her what her, her her heart looked like she said one half of it was clear running water sparkling clear running water almost the other half was filled with rocks gravel and sand and then a little part of it was like black slime black mud right so we can discern from this um, what, what, what this means. The clear sparkling running water is love of God. It's the Holy Spirit, right? It's beautiful. It's pure. It's clean. Um, and then the gravel and the sand and the dirt, it's probably love of self or love of the world, right? Because we, we love ourselves too much and we, we love the things of the world too much. And then the black slime, that's probably sin. You know, we do love sin, believe it or not. Otherwise, we don't, go back and commit it over and over and over again. You know how often do you go to confession and just confess the same sins over and over again in a way we're attached to sin. It's it's addictive. We 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 have we we, we in a way we love it because we keep going back to it. So so let us ask to what what our heart looks like. Maybe the Lord can reveal to us in a supernatural way, what our heart looks like. Do we really love God with all our heart, mind, and soul? Or do we love other things as well? Ourself, our, our sins, and the things of the world. And we try to purify it, to make it, to make it pure, and to love, to really to love God, and to give our, all of our heart to the Lord. Um, so what does it mean, also, what does it mean? What does it look like to love God? with all our heart, mind, and soul. You know, Mother Teresa tells us, you know, we don't have to do great things, big things, important things. Just do little things with great love. So that kind of helps us, you know. So it's, it's God doesn't look so much at what we do as how we do it, why we do it, right? A lot of times we do things out of selfish motives, selfish reasons. Again, this impurity, Right Selfish intentions, or maybe to impress others or maybe to, to to help others with without reference to God and so we we need to do everything out of love for God, that is to please him, to glorify him and and, and for him, and so we try to do everything well. Right when we do it for love, out of love for God, we do it with all our our heart, mind, and soul. We we put ourselves into it. We take the time, the effort to do it well because we want to be pleasing to the Lord, right? Not so much as to please others or or you know for selfish motives, but to purify our intentions. Whatever we do, put our love into it. You know, there's a saying from Meister Eckhart that I I repeat to myself, uh, myself a lot. And it's this, he says, holiness is doing the next thing that has to be done with all your heart and finding delight in it. Holiness is doing the next thing that has to be done with all your heart and finding delight in it. So that's what, that's what holiness is, right? To do everything with all our heart is to do it with love, do it out of love for the Lord do it with all your heart, and then finding joy in it, finding joy in it, because God loves a joyful giver, right? So something to keep in mind. So during this period, too, it's an opportunity for us to love God, not to be fixated on ourselves, our comfort, our concerns. No, it's like, how can I love God during this moment, right? What would be pleasing to God? Well, we already talked about some of that, right? It's to be, it's to have confidence in Him, to be at peace, Right to love him and to trust in him, and and to do everything well, um, <clears throat> um, and 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 do and do it with peace and with joy, right? That's the disposition that is most pleasing to God. Not given to worry and anxiety and and fight with others. No, but to love love the Lord, to accept the situation that we're in. Um, you know, Father Henry now and used to, he, he taught at Yale Divinity School, and he, t- he says that on the first day of class in his, um, Divini- his divinity class or religion class, he says, you know, this was back in Yale, maybe that big conference room with that huge chalkboard, you know, from one end of the room to the other, and he said he would take a chalk, go from one end of the chalkboard, and draw a horizontal line from one end of the chalkboard to the other end, right across this huge conference hall. And he said, you know, that line right there, that represents God's love for you, right? He has loved you from the beginning of the creation of the world, and he will love you to the end. And then he went to the middle of the the board and drew two little vertical lines uh, that are very close together. And he said that you see that there, that little spot, that's your limited time on earth, just your limited time on earth. Your, 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 your short opportunity to tell God, I love you too, right? God has loved us before the beginning of time, and he will love us way after our death. And so our time on earth is just a short time, 70, 80, 90 years to show God that we love him too. So we don't want to waste that moment. We don't want to waste our time on earth not loving the Lord. Right? because He's loved us so much. We will never love Him enough. We can never repay His love uh, to us, His love for us. So we can don't want to waste any time, especially during this period when it's challenging. We want, don't want to be fixated on ourselves and um, be... Um, paranoid or unreasonably fearful or, or um, anxious, but no, let us live each moment for the Lord because life is so short. We don't want to waste it, not loving God who has loved us so much. So now I want to move to love of neighbor. So love of neighbor comes from our love of God. We, and We hear this in the definition of charity already, right? We love our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Right. And that's what uh, Jesus said to um, the Pharisees as well. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But but really, um, it's because of our love for God. Everything is ordered uh, according to our love for God. Right. So to love God is to love what he loves and to love in a way that he loves. Right. So to love God is to love his children, too. Right because he God loves everybody, and everyone is his children, and so we love we we love others because God loves them, right We don't want to go against God, we don't want to hate anybody or not love anybody because that would be displeasing to the Lord. He loves everyone, and so we too try to love everyone with his heart so we when we love God, we take on his disposition, his heart, so um. And so we love his children. So imagine if you know if you you have children. Imagine if someone loves you and they hate your children. Can you um, can you know? Is is do they really love you? Probably not. If they really love you, then they would love your children too. So despite people, some you know, some people are are more difficult to love and more more challenging. But we need to look with the eyes of God. Look beyond the rough exterior and see into this beautiful soul created in the image and likeness of God and destined for eternal life with him, right? So you can ask God sometimes, Lord, what what do you love in this person? What do you see in this person? Help me to love this person. Because some people are difficult to love, but we need to see with the eyes of God and love with his heart. So, um, God said, said this to St. Catherine of Siena, just to prove this point that that he has given us our neighbors so, that, so as to give us the ability, the means to show our love for him. He said this, "'I ask you to love me with the same love with which I love you. But for me, you cannot do this, for I love you without being loved. Whatever love you have for me, you owe me. So you love me not gratuitously, but out of duty.' While I love you, not out of duty, but gratuitously. So you cannot give me the kind of love I ask of you. This is why I have put you among your neighbors, so that you can do for them what you cannot do for me. That is, love them without any concern for things and without looking for any profit for yourself. And whatever you do for them, I will consider done for me. So... um, so if that, does, does that sound familiar? Jesus has said too, right? Whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do it to me, right? And here, if God the Father makes it explicitly. That's why he's given us our neighbor, because, so, so that we can show our love for him. You know, it's easy to say, Lord, I love you. But then he would tell us, well, show me. And then we, say, we can say, well, how, how do you want me to show you? He will tell us, love your neighbor. Love those I've, I, that I put around you. Love your family members, your friends, your workers. Right? Love others who, who, who you find in your midst, those who are needy, those who need help. Right? So we love others as a demonstration, as a means of loving the Lord. So the two go together. St. John tells us that anyone who says he loves God but hates his brother is a liar because the two because the, the that the two would conf- conflict they would not go together so to love god is to love neighbor you can't say you love god and hate your neighbor you would be a liar um, so another way for us to love god is to use our gifts for the benefit of others and for the glory of god right remember to love is to will the good of the other so god has given us each of us many gifts So we are to kind of um, figure out what we're good at, figure out our talents, our skills, our gifts, our charisms, so that we can cultivate them and use them in a way that's going to benefit others and glorify God. Right, and so this is not a time for just selfishness or self-absorption. You know, our our, our culture is just very selfish, self-centered, and self-absorbed. Right, we're always thinking about myself, my concern, my comfort, my goals, my agenda, my desires. Right? No, that's really the opposite of love. The opposite of love isn't hate. It's really about selfishness. It's love that's turned inward. Right, and 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 our society, our fallen human nature, causes us causes us to to do that. We I mean, we're so selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed that it's hard to love every uh, other people and to love God because we we love ourselves way too much. So let us, um, yeah, let us use our skills, our talents, because everything that we have, everything that we are. All the good that we can do have been entrusted to us by the Lord, entrusted to us. So what does that mean? He wants to see how we use it, right? He gives us the freedom. He gives us these gifts. And he said, okay, here, I've given you these things. Use them in a way that's going to glorify me and benefit others. But what do we do? We use them for selfish reasons. or and, and we're not very generous in loving God and loving neighbors. If you remember the parable of the talents, you know, when the owner went away, he entrusted uh, different amounts of talents to his servants. You know, one he gave five, the other he gave two, and one he gave one. And when he came back, the one that that had five now has ten, right? Because he worked and he multiplied and he increased it. And likewise with the one that had two, now he has four. But the one that had one, what did he do with it? He buried it in the ground. He didn't do anything with it, so it didn't multiply. And so the owner was very upset with him. And he said, well, he said, take, to the, one, take, take the, the one and give it to the one that has 10. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So likewise with us. When we use our talents for God's glory and the benefit of others, they multiply, they increase. But when we don't, when we use them for selfish reasons, then he takes them away. Right? This is how we grow in grace. The more we love God and sacrifice for the good of others, then we, we grow in grace. God will give us even more. But if we don't, if we're selfish, um, then, then we don't grow in grace. So here's a quick way to discern our charism, and it's important for us to, to discern our charism so that we can best serve the Lord and others in this life. So think, think of something you do well, something you do exceptionally well, better, so much better than the average person, and, then you, and you also enjoy doing it. It's fun for you. you. You like it. You come alive when you do it. And then the third is that it benefits others. It helps others, helps up the build, build up the kingdom of God. It, it's it's doing good for others and it glorifies God, right? So something you do well, you enjoy doing it, and and it helps others in in a supernatural way. And then sometimes you have to test it out, you have to try it, see if it works, right? And, and when it does, it'll grow, it'll multiply, and glorify God and help others. And um, otherwise. You know, it, it would be tragic if we would just go through life not really knowing our charism, charism, our talents, and 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 using them. You know, and Saint Paul speaks about these different charisms. You know, they, they could be prophecy, healing, prayer, administration, teaching, hospitality, and so on. Right? There's so many things we, we we can do well. You know, people. Some people are good at finance. Some people are good at cooking. Some people are good at art, music, teaching. Um, praying. Um, There's so many things that we can do. So rather than during this time um, focusing in in ourselves and our miseries, we should think about how we can serve others, how we can benefit our family, um, help others, right? Use our skills to benefit others and the glory of God, to show our love, to demonstrate our love and not be self-absorbed. Um, And then the the thing is, the more generous we are, the more generous God will be with us, right? He cannot be outdone in generosity. We hear, give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. So the saints know this. Mary knows this. And... um, Jesus knows this, right? The more we love, the more God will bless us. And so, and he, and, um, so let us not be um, uh, selfish or petty, um, but, but, but to be generous. And we'll, we'll, we'll see that God will pour out his graces upon us. Right? Jesus said this too, you know, for all those who have given up things for me, they will be re- rewarded in the next life and then a hundredfold in this life. Right. So, so let us practice generosity with our love. So I want to kind of end with uh, talking about the four levels of love. Um, uh, Father Robert Spitzer speaks about this four levels of love, and it helps us understand the different levels. So the first level, he says, is really the sensual, sensual pleasure, uh, physical gratification, and, and and so on. You know, because of our inordinate love of self, we the the we love, we love pleasure too much. And, and we can, you know, and some, you know, just the pleasure, just the physical pleasure, like sex, food, and things like that. The senses, the five senses, you know, seeing, tasting, uh, touching, smelling, and, and so on. Um, so we, we, we tend to be, this is like the, 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 the lowest part, right? The animals live, live on this level. You know, sex, food, and comfort, and things like that too. And we can and we can get immersed in this life, uh, in in these types of pleasure. You know, pleasure seeking. Our society is so pleasure seeking, right? We want food, we want comfort, sex, and things like that. But that's that's so that's so um, superficial. It's so limited. It's so small. And, and you know, and the, the gratification it could be very intense and could be very immediate, but it's not long, long lasting. You know that, you know, you can have, have breakfast and in a few hours you get hungry again, right? So it, it's, it's not deep, it's not lasting, it doesn't perdure. But, so, but unfortunately, a lot of people live on this level, right? Even pe- uh, people who live together, right? In a way, they're just kind of using each other physically, you know, um, for, for, for gratification, right? Um, people say, I love you, but they, they're confusing love with lust right? It's more about how you make me feel, right? I love your body. I love the way you make me feel, right? rather than, So it's really a selfish, right? Taking advantage of another person, even though you're not conscientiously doing it, but that's what it is. If people are just in a sexual relationship, that's not love. That's not desiring the good of the other. It's, it's more about what I can get from you. And a lot of times people don't they don't notice or they don't think of that way because they're caught up in the physical, the sensual pleasure of it all. So that's the lowest level of love. The second level is a little higher. It's called the ego. It's called the ego. You can say, you know, we, you can say, "I love you" because of how you make me feel, because of the way you treat me, right? We we we, we want to be praised by other. We want to be valued by other. We want to be liked by others. And sometimes. Um, we will do that and we, we want we can be in a re- relationship because the other person treats us well because he or she um, has a high status and uh, makes us feel important and so on and so again they're stroking our ego it's 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 not so much what I can do for you it's more like what you can do for me so the second part is, Um, about the ego and again a lot of our relationships in the world take place on these two levels right the the sensual and the ego and we see this in Hollywood especially right just beautiful couples superstars getting together getting married whatever because they feel the other person makes them feel better about themselves right fame fortune status ego all that So that's the second level of love is the ego. The third level is commitment. Now we're getting to uh, a little bit more, um, a higher, a more serious kind of love. It's not so much about me, but I'm committed to you. I love you for who you are, and I'm willing to sacrifice for your good, right? So you imagine a couple, they're married, and one of them is in an accident, and and he is uh, de- debilitated. He or she is debilitated. So if the other person loves on level three, they will stay in the relationship. They will help their spouse, even if they're immobile or they need help, right? But if you're not on level three, then you're gone. Then you you know, you, you end the relationship. And we see this all the time. You know, Sometimes some couples will stay together even when one has to take care of the other. Right, because they're committed. They're committed to the good of the other. They're in it for the long run. Right? We we talk about in, in marriage, we say, you know, in sickness and in health, in goodness and in bad, uh, to, to death do, do do we part. But but I hear people sometimes they're not on this level. And even when one spouse, you know, he starts the, the one spouse becoming less attractive and over time, they try to they, they find somebody else. They find somebody else who's younger, better looking, richer, and so on. So that just shows that they live on level one and two. You know, sometimes also um, one person will be on level three and the other other person is on level one and two. You know, I, I know people who are in a relationship, they've been together for a long time, and one person wants to tie the knot. They want to get married, but the other person doesn't right he doesn't he or she doesn't want to take that next step he's on he's not on level 3 he's just in it for the pleasure and the ego he or she so that's just an example um but you know but even level 3 is not enough because because even non-christians can live, can love on level uh, in level three we need to get to level four and level four you can call the the transcendent the supernatural level why because in this level we desire the greatest good of the person this their supernatural good it's not just about this worldly comfort or, or worldly goods but the eternal good we want the person to be holy to be pleasing to God to fulfill their vocation um, according to God's will, right? And so at this level, we're re- willing to sacrifice and, and, uh, for, for the other's greatest good. We want our spouse to be faithful to God, to be holy, to to, to pra- you know, to, to go to church, to go to mass, to be pleasing to God and, and not not get caught up in the worldly things, right? And so that's the level four. Uh, that's the, the supernatural love that Jesus uh, wants us to love at. And this is the level that he loves us, right? He doesn't want our, our worldly um, success or, or status or well-being so much, but he wants our, he, he wants our, our salvation. He wants our holiness. He wants our, us to share in his eternal life and, and love and happiness. And uh so that's level 4. It's called the transcendent. It's like loving the way God loves, right? And most of us are 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 not there. A lot of most of society is not there. Society is mostly level on 1 and 2, sometimes level 3, but rarely 4, right? To desire the greatest good of the person, their sanctity, their holiness, their salvation. Um and God gives us the grace. That's the thing is he gives us the grace to love on level 4. But uh, we need to respond, and the more we respond, we will grow in grace and grow in love. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.